you found it. It's the Japan What Podcast, coming at you from the Sammoncho Studios in Tokyo's Shinjuku-ku Ward. The Armpit of Asia. It's me, MatthewPMBigelow.com. That's also conveniently where you can go and get everything you need for this podcast. Podcasting 2.0 compliant. Donate some sats. Let's get rolling here. Whoa, I am uh, in the backup to the backup, backup, backup studio here today. The reason being is um, there's this crazy virus going around. It has nothing to do with coronavirus. Coronavirus. Nothing to do with coronavirus at all. This is the thing with um, with the the plan, the, the scam, the plan, whatever the whatever you want to call it, with, with the coronavirus. Um, it was crazy. It was crazy weird. But I had kids coming back from the Hoikuin. Well, one kid had another kid now. And the things that they brought back from that that child daycare center, pale, pale. I mean, the coronavirus pales in comparison to whatever whatever goes on between those kids and they come home and they just start spreading it. And then my wife catches it, then I catch it, and then she catches it again. And it's like, whoa, coronavirus has nothing on kids. There, well, that's that's today's health update. So, uh, been rainy and, and not good for illness, and that's why I'm in the backup, backup to the backup studio today. The backup Samoncho studio, surrounded by construction work, hoping that this lunch break they're on will conclude maybe in an hour and 35 minutes. All right, I am having what you are having. That is great taste, Mr. and Ms. Listener. The, um, the the beer is not for me today. Nothing at all like that. I am enjoying a lemon soda. That will get me through this illness. Whoa, Boomy Town. That's the backup, backup studio for you. And, uh, yeah, I would like to be pounding beers in the sun. But no, no, no God has different plans. Let's take a look. This is, of course, the podcast that looks at um, AI markets, Japan economy, um, the rising conflict in the Southeast Asia region and the East Asia region, um, as well as odd items. And I thought this one was perfect for today because uh, it covers the whole gamut. And it says, Japan's just born AI generated swimsuit lingerie models career existence is officially over. Uh, worst headline ever, Sora News 24. I will be um, posting pictures of these um, AI Japanese big booby models um, on MatthewPMBigelow.com. Make sure you go and check it out. It's time to say bye-bye to the I.I. Uh, just last week, Shueisha, publisher of Japan's weekly Playboy magazine, uh, announced that the debut of a new model, I Satsuki, I was billed at being stuffed full of men's ideals and concurrent with her appearance in a photo spread of that weekly issue of the Playboy, uh, not connected to, you know, whatever the Playboy is in America is, Sueisha released a digital photo album for her titled uh, Umateret, which translate to Just Born. That wasn't a reference to I's first professional modeling uh, appearances, though, but due to the fact that she doesn't exist at all. Uh, AI, I wasn't a photographed model, but a series of images created by AI. This technology is like seven years old now. I've been following it. It's like, look, 
She looks like a big titted model. Amazing. It's like, well, okay. What about all the games that we've been playing for 35 years? Although this one's pretty good. Um, she looks pretty smoking hot. Men's ideals. So if you're female listeners, you can you can go and check out what men's ideals are and then kind of go say, well, that's stupid. That's stupid. While AI-generated images of gravure models um, have been gradually spreading on Japanese social media and websites in recent months, I represented the first high-profile attempt by a Japanese publisher to turn an AI model into a commercial venture. The high quality of the images did a remarkably effective job in avoiding visual glitches and uncanny valley creepiness, but while there were a few complaints about how AI looked, or I looked, apparently no small number of people took issue with what AI was. And so Suisha has made the decision to swiftly and completely cancel sales of her photo album as well as any other projects involving her that were in the works. This is the thing. Um, if you're just doing digital media promotion and you don't care about the real world, this AI generation, uh, you know, not generation, like, hey, just talking about my generation, but AI generative models, uh, literally in this case, what's your business model? Uh, it's an AI model. <laughs> okay, what? Um, if you just need it for like an Instagram thing to grab people on Instagram, it's fine. But I think a lot of these dudes with the ideals, they don't look at just the woman's physique. They want the idea that they could maybe meet her. That maybe one day, if she just got to know that guy, he could show her the way of the world and they could fall in love. It's a, it's a male fantasy. It, it, women think Women think this and women not. Uh, the idea that men just want to have um, uh, big boobies is true. It's very true. Uh, but I think a lot of the idea behind why you would buy this person's gravure model, you think you're supporting their career, uh, they're providing you with digital image of great images of the female form. So to have just some AI uh, model uh, called I, I-A-I model, and that's the business model for this AI model, uh, it didn't really pick up and... I'm not going to read too much more into this, um, except for, quote, even if she doesn't actually exist, the love for her that sprouts in your heart is real, end quote. Shuesa shot, uh, proudly said when announcing her debut, and now fans, fans of her short-lived career will have to apply that sentiment to their memories as well. All right, bye-bye, Sora News 24. I skipped over most of it because I'm actually kind of liking the people there now. Uh, even though this is the worst headline. Japan's just-born AI-generated swimsuit lingerie model's career existence is officially over. What? That's a lot. There's like two two slashes in there. Swimsuit slash lingerie, career slash existence. Is that an SEO thing? Are you trying to get career existence into the SEOs, Sora News 24? Anyways, thank you very much, Sora News 24. Um, let's take a look at, uh, we're just going to go down the list here, the economy. Let's go. Here we go. Despite what many people think, and it's true, you know, Japan is a very close society, but the plummeting birth rate um, has left people that don't really know much about the world, um, and, but in power to try to make decisions for everybody. One of those things has been to attract um, workers from abroad to Japan. 
Uh, but these workers um, don't, like me, they don't get um, Seishayin status half the time or most of the time, which means a regular worker. They don't get bonuses um, and uh, they can be let go on a dime. So there's not really, um, there's, a, there's a reason to come here. But after a while, a lot of people who can't settle in or, or find a life for themselves often find themselves on the, like, the raw end of a stick of, of, uh, of lacking opportunities. It's like, hey, come to Japan and fulfill your dreams. And your dream is what we tell you it is. And if you try to change your dream, well, we're not going to allow that. And you're going to have to go home. And we're not going to pay you very much. But we really want people to come here. It's like, okay, what? Japan has been gearing up. Oh, where is this coming from? This is coming from Kyoto News. Japan has been gearing up to attract more foreign workers to address its severe labor shortage, with its cabinet approving a plan to expand the number of industries covered by the blue-collar skilled worker visa that effectively grants permanent residency. But the country faces headwinds as an attractive workplace aimed at uh, amid a weakening yen in competition from other Asian locations, such as Taiwan and South Korea, with fewer visa requirements. Uh, Wang Fei, an employee, I, I wouldn't think South Korea doesn't look like a good place, to be honest, for the most part. It looks worse than Japan for foreigners, um, unless you're in a really good spot. Like, I know a guy who lives on Jeju Island, uh, and that's cool. That'd be like living on Okinawa and teaching, you know, English to hobbyists. You know, that's not bad. <laughs> um uh, but uh, maybe Taiwan is a little bit more advanced these days or welcoming to um, foreigners because of just the nature of their island there. Uh, Japan, not so much. Wang Fei, an employee on the construction company of the construction company. What? An employee? Oh, okay. No, no, no. Wang Fei, an employee of the construction company in Gifu Prefecture in central Japan, obtained the specified skill worker number two visa in April last year as the first person in Japan to do so. As the visa allows holders to bring in family members and has no limit on the number of times they can renew their visa, the 36-year-old has been reunited with his wife from China and now seeks to work longer in his company, where he leads a group of employees made up of Japanese and foreign workers. Quote, I trust him enough to make responsible. Uh, to make him responsible as a foreman, end quote, said uh, Taketo Kano, the 51-year-old president of the construction company in G the construction company in Gifu City. But Kano acknowledged that welcoming foreign workers requires great efforts. And th this is why, like, the this this guy from the construction company in Gifu it seems like a good dude because it says he helped Wang acquire qualifications in addition to picking up and dropping off Wang's family members to Japanese classes. It requires time and patience he added um at the end of last year the number of foreigners who had obtained the number one status stood at around 130,000 Vietnamese made up the majority at 77,000 but the winds are starting to shift um quote the time when Japan dominated has ended said one Japanese employee who works for an organization that assists, Viet assists Vietnamese people in working abroad at this rate we will be left behind end quote correct uh, you are left behind, Japan. Um, there's uh, the, the idea that Japan is some amazing place still with opportunities galore. It's incredibly closed, um, and they let you in, and they let you do English work, and then they make you leave after a while, and then they uh, they say, thank you very much. <laughs> that's, that's most people in Japan. If you're here for three or four years, yeah, you can um, you can have a great time. But long term, uh, unless you really get your shiznat together and uh, settle down and settle in, uh, Japan is, is, is not the place. Uh, unless you are 
in the in the countryside, working in the tourism industry. I know a lot of people who here who have been here for a long time that really dig it. But these weird incentives where you have to be like this uh, blue collar laborer from Vietnam, and then you come over here and you have to do all these things, and then you finally you get a number two visa and you can bring your wife over. It doesn't really it doesn't really sound like a an amazing chance, does it? Does it? Uh, Japan's wholesale price is up 5.1% in May, slowest rise in two years. The inflation here is just kicking my ass. I'm going to leave it at that. Let's move on to war. Die for the war. Everybody moves. Die for the good, for the good. Die for the war. Die for the war. Um, as we move towards 2026, 2027, which seems to be some uh, declaration of the beginning of the Taiwanese war, maybe that's when the Ukraine will settle down um, and the West will leave with their tails between their legs unless they just destroy the whole country like they did with Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, we're gearing up here. Um, now, the idea of Korea and Japan are moving economically closer together, but also militarily closer together, um, including with the idea of data sharing, uh, satellite um, information. And this is shared in addition with the United States. So it's uh, the United States Asian umbrella with the United States still very much on top, coming in and um, setting up ways to uh, probably like suck up all the data simultaneously from China, uh, sorry, from Taiwan, Republic of China, from Taiwan, from Japan, from South Korea, and um, uh, turn it into some sort of leveraging point instead of the information just being siloed everywhere. Tokyo. And this comes to us from, this is a pretty short article, Thomas Reuters, 2023. U.S., Taiwanese, and Japanese forces will share real-time data from reconnaissance drones to strengthen coordination, the Financial Times reported on Wednesday, citing people with familiar with the matter. Taiwan's defense ministry said it had no knowledge of what it called speculation. Late in the Trump presidency, the U.S. announced more than $5 billion in arms sales to Taiwan, including four aerial drones worth $600 million, meant to upgrade the island's capabilities and discourage a Chinese invasion. Good luck with that. The FT said Washington would allow these aircraft to integrate into the system that the U.S. forces in the region and the Japan's uh, Japanese Self-Defense Force uh, will use. The report added that this would enable the U.S. and its partners to simultaneously observe all the information gathered by the unmanned aerial vehicles. Not bad, but it is kind of putting like uh, the the Southeast Asia into um, a war umbrella. Uh, and the idea is like, well, if, if China attacks, we'll just use your information. We'll just use your shipping yards to repair our, our fleets. Um, and we will uh, use your airports as launching pads uh, to attack Chinese uh, forces in the Taiwan Sea. It's like, well, there's going to be a lot of long-term uh, blowback uh, if that ever happens. This data sharing thing, I don't know, seems okay, but I'm not even sure what side the United States is on. Uh, there's like a lot of Chinese infiltration in the top echelons of Chinese of um, Chinese of America's society. Even uh, Mitch McConnell, this big wig Republican dude, his wife is Chinese, I believe, and they have boats, um, like a like billion dollar boat industry registered in 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 China. Let's just look that up. What's his name? Uh, cocaine Mitch. Mitch McConnell. 
Come on, DuckDuckGo. Um, wife, Chinese, ships. Come on, DuckDuckGo. Uh, Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow, abused office to help family. Um, for the Chow family, deep ties with the world's number two largest economy. The truth about Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow. Um, that comes to us from thelist.com. And um, his wife are financially tied to the Chinese um, uh, government. So why would you um, uh, deep six your own wealth when you can just sell out and let it roll in? So would would then like, would this be like a long-term backstabbing effort where Japan and South Korea and Taiwan are like, here's the data, we'll work together. And America's like, okay, we're going to look at China, but really America's just looking at South Korea, Japan, and Taiwan. And they're like, okay, these are where all the boats are. Uh, maybe China can attack from this direction and lead them into, uh, utilize like double, double cross the, the Southeast Asian democracies in order to help um, the the subverted elites of America pursue their psychotic world power ex- escapades, which seems to be the main goal of, of the American elite system for the past 20 or 30 years. This idea of democracy and we're going to vote and we're going to get our way and then we're going to make business opportunities. It's like, well, I see that, but I also see this pervasive, drooling, uh, hardcore wrecked war hawk uh, just death mongering uh, attitude coming from these. I believe they're demon infested Satanists in, in a way where if you looked at what demon infested Satanists would do, um, they would probably mm, pirate a, a, a democracy like the United States and subvert it to achieve um, world domination by subverting its uh, allies. Why not, right? Why not, indeed. Let's take a look next at the uh, next war. Um, uh, quad needs muscle, more muscle to live up to potential think tank. We're not going to do that. I wanted to look at this one. Um, Navalnews.com. I'm not really a, a military expert. And I've been studying more and more just because that's where the trends are going. But I do like all these... Um, alternative websites like instead of just going to Mainichi and looking like oh the president said this and then the the prime minister said that and we aim to achieve our goals together strengthening our it's like blah, 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 blah. but um sometimes with these naval um websites or uh um military uh blogs you get a little bit more detailed analysis let's see if that's the case hanwa ocean unveils combat xluuv Anwa Ocean today unveiled a new extra-large uncrewed underwater vehicle dubbed the Combat Kluve at the 2023 International Maritime and Defense Exhibition in Busan, South Korea. Um, where is Hanwa? Is that, could be a Korean company or a Jap, not a Japanese company. It sounds like Huawei in a way, doesn't it? I thought it might have been China. Uh, now I'm second-guessing myself as Hanwa Vision. Uh, South Korea. Okay, so this is um, underwater submarines being developed by the South Korean Navy. While kluves are quickly becoming a major trend in naval warfare, armed kluves remained a niche capability that few companies are exploring. We recently uh, reported on non-armed kluve projects from Israel, Japan, France, and Germany. I wonder how the Nord Stream got blowed up, huh? The combat kluve design unveiled today by Hanwha Ocean is a big deal as it features two torpedo tubes. The only known armed kluve projects featuring torpedo capability are those of China and India. 
Even the U.S. Navy's Orca can't deploy torpedo, but it can lay mines. Uh, the presence of torpedoes on an unmanned submarine implies an autonomous decision to shoot them against targets. Whoa, now that is crazy analysis. I'm just going to repeat that. The presence of torpedoes on an unmanned submarine implies an autonomous decision to shoot them against targets. Whoa. Hanwha Ocean officials told Naval News that the combat kloof has a length of 23 meters, so we're not talking little tiny drones here, and a displacement of 60 tons. It features two torpedo tubes, uh, uh, conformal sonar arrays along the hull and an X-rudder configuration. This is cool shit. It is fitted with lithium-ion batteries and air-independent propulsion systems, two technologies leveraged um, from the KISS-3 Batch 2 program. I'm going to let it lay there. Um, I I would like to see, personally, more underwater uh, naval drone warfare it's kind of this thing that i've seen the you know the drones flying across ukraine and dropping bombs on the people but i would like to um put cameras on these things like what they do with the spacex and just uh look at the underwater life as uh, as these kamikaze um, robots make their way to destroy their targets sounds like a great anyways that's South Korea is, you know, why not? They're, they are a tech hub. They know how to make technology probably better than almost anywhere else in the world. Why not leverage that knowledge into um, drone warfare under the seas? Sounds good to me. Have you thought about donating to the Japan What podcast? Of course you have. Now it's easier than ever. PayPal. Donate via PayPal. You still use PayPal? I do. PayPal.me forward slash Japan W-U-T. Make a donation that way. That's PayPal.me forward slash Japan W-U-T. We're also podcasting 2.0 compliant. What does that mean? Well, it's the next revolution of the podcasting sphere. Uh, Building on protocols by the help of uh, Adam Curry and uh, Dave there over at Podcasting 2.0, they are spearheading the effort to take podcasting back from big tech and giving developers and podcasters their own tools to fund their efforts. This is done via the Lightning Network, which is micropayments of Bitcoin called Satoshis. Go to Podcast Index or search for Podcasting 2.0 compliant apps. I'm using Podverse. Fountain. I've also heard of CurioCaster and more. This is the next wave for independent creators online who want to operate without the threat of some big tech algorithm screwing around with their mind every day. Or you can simply go to MatthewPMBigelow.com and give us some traffic, check out the links, and look at the photos. The AI model will be there waiting for you with a big jubblies. Um, finally, uh, thank you for spreading the word about this podcast. Our numbers are coming back up in the chartable podcast uh, rankings, which is, you know, who knows how legitimate it is, but we used to get really high in there and now we're breaking the top 50 of the top 200 podcasts in Japan again. So thank you very much for sending out the word about this podcast. Um, there's very few other podcasts like it. In fact, I would argue there are no other podcasts like it. All right. Do we have anything? Oh, last one for war. Uh, Japan awards Kawasaki Heavy Industries $243 million contract for homegrown version of Tomahawk Missile. 
Oh, my baby is crying. Let's see how much we can read this. Japan. <laughs> All right, Lisa. Lisa, the Tomahawk missiles. Come on. Oh, no. Well, let's play this song as I take care of her. This is Fudge by me. I did everything. that does the trick babies are very unpredictable and uh when everybody is sick and has illnesses we make do with what we have um oh yes the japanese kawasaki on june 6th the japan's defense ministry announced that it has signed four contracts um with mitsubishi heavy industries and kawasaki heavy industries to develop its own standoff missiles Tokyo is striving to acquire counter-strike capabilities as soon as possible amid heightened tensions in the region over China's assertive behavior, North Korea's unstoppable nuclear missile development, and Russia's ongoing aggression against Ukraine. That last one's kind of stupid. Um, among the four contracts, most notably, the ministry has awarded Kawasaki Heavy Industries a contract worth 33.9, wow, that's not Masonic, a billion yen, $243 million, for research and development of a new type of surface-to-ship missile. The new cruise ship, uh, the new cruise missile uses a small, fuel-efficient turbofan engine as a, as, a propulsion, <laughs> as a professional device, as a propulsion device, and has wings like an airplane for horizontal flight. Since many similarities with the U.S. Tomahawk cruise missile in terms of range, shape, and performance, it has been dubbed as a Japanese version of the Tomahawk by domestic media. I think we should call it something else. We should uh, we shouldn't call it a tomahawk. We should get a um, a Japanese. What's a Japanese throwing a shuriken? Yeah, uh, we should call it a big style shuriken missile. That would be good. That would get more people interested. Oi, Saito-san, are you finished with the biggest tired shuriken missile? Yes, I am finished with the biggest tired shuriken missile. 
Um, I think that's about it for war for today. The ministry plans to mass to produce and deploy uh, these missiles as soon as development is complete. I think the idea here, this is from the diplomat.com. I have no idea about the bias and I really don't care, uh, but it's for Asia defense security in the East Asia region. Um, the porcupine attitude, uh, you know, if we're going to be going in a war and okay, sure. Hello, war. Well, nice to see you again. Um, the porcupine attitude of just putting missiles all over uh, Japanese vulnerable islands and say, you know, if you come here, uh, we're going to shoot you down. But the bad part, the what would draw more aggression towards uh, Chinese or Japanese islands would be if um, the United States is harboring, literally, like some of its most advanced weapons technologies platforms um, within Japanese uh, bases, the naval bases for ship repair, a little um, little revenge for the uh, Hawaii there, the uh, Pearl Harbor, a Japanese version um, from China. And uh, with, the, with the air bases used, being used as like strike takeoff points, um, that might that might draw in a lot of aggression there. And my whole idea behind this is that the United States sees its hegemony declining and it wants to create strife in this rich economic zone between all of these um, Asian countries that are beginning to work together uh, because it would separate Japan from China and it would increase doubt or it would consolidate power of South Korea, Japan, and Taiwan underneath an American umbrella and then make these countries more and more reliant on America instead of more interdependent on each other with trade. Uh, I don't trust either the Chinese section of what's going on here, but everybody needs their own Navy, right? That nine-dash line the Chinese claim for the South China Sea is a bit wonky. I don't really think that there needs to be that but at the same time, do um, massive amounts of American uh, naval presence, uh, do, do, is there a requirement for a massive amount of American naval presence right off the coast of the Chinese waters? Uh, I don't really, like I mentioned before, is there some sort of Vietnamese grudge against Montenegro and the Vietnamese keep sending their, um, their, 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 their ships and... and, and and doing freedom of navigation exercises off the coast of Montenegro? No. Is there some sort of Philippine thing where they where they try to keep peace in the in in the Bering Strait, you know, because there's like a some sort of Russian American thing there and they're like we need to keep the peace in the Bering Strait. No. Uh, do the ties? Do they do they do they do freedom of navigation exercises through the Mediterranean and be like, "Hey, Italy, what do you think of this?" Huh? It's like no, but for some reason, uh, Western powers feel obligated to really just exercise their authority and force and military in in these regions, and they keep kind of saying, "Well, what are you going to do about it, bitches?" And it's like, okay, I guess you can sail your ships there. It's a little strange, but it's also very one way, isn't it? It's always one way. Um, all right, that is war for today. All right. Die for the war, everybody moves. Die for the good, for the good. Die for the war, die for the war. Let's do this. Super Goddamn! Now I had a few options this week for the stupid 
Gaijin of the week. But this one had to go to some, we're just going to tie into the military aspect, um, from the Stars and Stripes, uh, stripes.com. Okinawa police arrest U.S. sailor, Marine, on suspicion of trespassing on balconies. Now, I think the, um, the, the good old boys from the American military and their operations on Okinawa, they get a little, they get a little drunk and rowdy. Uh, that's something that happens more frequently than, say, English teachers crashing cars into uh, construction companies or whatever. Whatever you want to think about, when you think about foreign crime in Okinawa, it's the American servicemen doing dumb shit. Camp Foster, Okinawa. Police... Japanese police arrested a U.S. Marine and a, Na- and a Navy sailor on suspicion of trespassing in separate incidents involving alcohol over the weekend. Okinawa police allege seaman, apprentice seaman, apprentice Orlando Cruz, 21, of U.S. Naval Hospital Okinawa on Camp Foster, climbed onto the second floor balcony of another U.S. service member at around 5.20 a.m. Saturday and struck the window, according to the prefectural police spokesman. Okay, not too bad. Police found Cruz behaving violently at the home occupied by an unnamed U.S. soldier in his 30s. He described the incident as a minor offense. They arrested him. But in the Marines' case, Okinawa police alleged that a woman, 69 years old, found Corporal Bladen Weed. What a great name. I'm Bladen Weed. Found Corporal Bladen Weed, 2022, of Camp Foster, sleeping on the fourth floor balcony on Sunday. The woman called police at 12.17 p.m. to report an unknown foreigner with excrement in his pants sleeping on the balcony, the spokesman said. Report an unknown foreigner with excrement in his pants sleeping on the balcony. An unknown foreigner with excrement in his pants sleeping on the balcony. Excrement in his pants on the balcony would be a great title, but I'm going with AI lingerie. Police took Weed into custody at 1 p.m. and he's still being held. Weed told police that he was drunk. Police are investigating how he got onto the balcony. The case will refer to whatever. Cruz had a blood alcohol content of 0.12%. Weeds measured 0.09%, the spokesman said. All right. Well, if you're going to go out and get crazy in Okinawa, you uh, Marines need to uh, stop getting so hammered and get crazy. You're not on vacation. You are serving the, the Pentagon. You are the eyes and ears of the Pentagon. And that does not mean hanging out on a balcony of some 69-year-old Okinawa woman with excrement in your pants. Stupid gadget of the week. Stupid gadget, S-G-O-T-W. This one is also um, pretty gold. I was looking up Japan and the World Economic Forum. So just for the hell of it, I'm going to play Society 5.0. Because Society 5.0 isn't just about technology, but it's about adjusting the levels of who does what in in the next phase of society where everybody has robots and friends like that, right? This stupid vision that's never going to happen. The fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society. Artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Society 5.0, a technology-based, human-centered society. The 
fourth industrial revolution will raise our standard of living and solve it's all close Schwab speak. I wonder how far they're going to go with this. They keep going. They keep going farther. Stress due to gender issues affecting size of women's brains. No, this is not coming to us from some crackpot, you know, th- uh, blogger who hates women. Um, honestly, this is coming to us from Rintaro Sakurai, a staff writer at the Asahi, sorry, at the Asahi Shimbun. Stress. <laughs> uh, what I like about this is the way it's worded, because Japanese people are just very, you know, with a study that's released, it's like, here's the data. But I think a lot of Western uh, reporters would find a different way to uh, soften the blow, as it were. Stress brought on by gender inequality is affecting the thickness of women's brains, according to a study that prompted one of the researchers to liken the result to, quote, a big alarm to society, 5.0. The study found that the outer thickness of the right part of women's brains was slimmer than men's in countries where gender inequality is an issue. However, no substantial difference emerged in nations where gender equality is not an issue. The study by Kyoto University and other institutions covered 29 nations. A member of the Joint International Research Team called for follow-up studies to examine aspects of gender inequality that are now affecting brain development in greater detail. The team members examined magnetic resonance imaging, MRI. I didn't know MRI. I thought MRI meant uh, Mr. Remaining Individual. I didn't know that it meant magnetic resonance imaging. Good to know. The team members examined magnetic resonance imaging, brain scans of 7,876 healthy men and women between the ages of 18 and 40. They correlated the data. Correlation does not equal causation. Correlation does not equal they correlated the data against national level gender and inequality metrics they calculated based on the World Economic Forum's Gender Gap Index that is issued annually in the UN Development's Program Gender Inequality Index. So we're getting into real woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo territory here. Researchers found that differences between men and women in the thickness of the cortex, the outer layer of the cerebrum, where, uh, where nerve cells are concentrated, tended to be wider in countries with greater gender inequality. How do they do this study? Okay, this was particularly evident in the right hemisphere of the brain as the cortex was thinner in women than in men. No gender difference was found in cerebral cortex thickness in gender-equal countries. The gender difference in cortical thickness was larger in Japan, which ranked 12th among the 29 countries in the inequality metrics, than in Scandinavian nations, with, which filled the top rungs in gender equality rankings. Researchers examined 68 regions of the cerebral cortex. They found that gender differences in cortical thickness were larger in some of the regions that are related to aspects of emotional control, including resilience to adversity, responses to iniquity, or negative social comparisons. Um, quote, Our study results are sounding a big alarm to society, said Tsukasa Ueno, a program-specific assistant uh, professor of psychiatry with the Kyoto University Hospital, who took part in the research. Quote, To work out concrete measures, there should be follow-up studies for finding out which kinds of gender inequality are problematic for women's brains and when precisely they have a big impact on brain development, she added. The research results were published in the Proceedings of U.S. National Academy of Sciences, and there's a link, and I'll be providing that link there. So, you know, if you wanted to be sexist, you could just say, listen, 
you're stressed out, it's because you have um, thinner brains, my my fellow females. <laughs> I mean, wow. I don't I don't know what these people are thinking. I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know why that. Um, why I don't know how the World Economic Forum's gender gap index would be used for magnetic resonance imaging in studies to compare women's brains in, in, in regions with inequality. I mean, like, you can look at Japan as being unequal in terms of the amount of corporate, you know, heads uh, being female, managers being female, and overall, you know, workers in high-paying jobs not being female. That's very true. But Japanese women have a lot of, like, safety. They can go wherever they want, do whatever they do. I mean, there's the... The, the metrics that the World Economic Forum are, are using, we don't know what they are. It's just like, here's our metrics. And like, wow, look, we used your metrics. And it turns out we suck. Our women have bad brains because of our inequality problems. And like World Economic Forum just says, that's why you need to take the levers of society, use a whole bunch of robots and make women 30% of the board of major corporations by the year 2030 and all your problems will be solved. Like, What? Who are these people and what the hell do they think they're doing? The fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society. Artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Oh, before I move on, um, I should say that for Society 5.0, um, Jeff. Japan's been really belly flopping with all these initiatives trying to make everything more digital. One one issue is these cards called My Number Cards, and they're intended to make your um, societal life more digital, but it just makes everything have more paperwork. And the Minister of Digital whatever, Taro Kono, who is a pretty high-ranking um, official in the Japanese government and had a pretty good run to become prime minister, um, he's thinking about punishing himself because just constantly people are having the wrong information sent to them. So they, they log on with their My Number card for some health thing, and then they get pension information from somebody else or something like that. Um, and so there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of cases where Japanese people don't know how to make this leap. This happened when I was you know, have, uh, taking care of my baby, my new baby, last month at KO Hospital, one of the leading hospitals in the country. All of the technicians there were great. Everybody knew how to do everything perfectly. But because of um, some COVID regulations they still have on there. Oh, let's play that. Um, because of the uh, COVID virus regulations they have there, the, we couldn't come back the next day for a visit to the baby. So they set up a Zoom meeting. And they gave us a, you know, a code written on a scrap of paper. And the code was wrong. And then the password was wrong. And then... They tried setting up a phone so that we could look at the baby, but the phone wasn't even pointed at the baby. So it's like you go to the hospital and these are the top people in their fields handling the situations like like uh, dancers on ice uh, doing triple axles and landing perfectly with their eyes closed. But the second you give them a Zoom meeting, they're tripping over coffee tables and giving all the wrong information all the time. And this has been ongoing for years. There's something weird about... Like, um, the Japanese people need cables and cords and physical things. Like, when you look at the, the Japan train network for Tokyo, the JR network, it's crazy that this mess, this spaghetti mess of, of train lines that weave its way through this massive metropolis, 
one on time, almost all the time, right to the minute. And then on top of that, there's an equally messy spaghetti splatter of, of subway lines that interconnect sometimes with the train lines going above them. And they always run on time. So it's like, how do they manage this? It's a crazy. But if you want to set up a Zoom meeting, you are looking at 35 minutes of IT troubleshooting because nobody's giving you the right information. And then by the time you finally get the right information, the person organizing the Zoom meeting has no idea what they're doing and they, they're, they're just belly flopping and tripping over coffee tables the entire time. So the fact that... Um, uh, Japan has this reputation as this advanced technological society goes in terms of things that you know you you pick up and you handle and you engineer with your hands but a lot of the times this idea of like the the wireless world outside of wireless engineers people suck at it uh, society where are you where'd you go there you are the fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society. Artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Society 5.0, a technology-based, human-centered society. Let's take that. We're going to finish off with some China stuff. I wanted to give enough time to get through this. Um, because China's eating our lunch, isn't it? Is, is China eating your lunch? I really feel like China is eating my lunch. Um, so is China eating our lunch or is China not eating our lunch? Is it? Oh, is it? This comes to us from Macro Polo, uh, decoding China's economic arrival. I was using this website a lot when I was investigating AI trends in China. Um, very good. Just like their detailed information. It's very accurate. They have a lot of interactive graphs and you click on this company and it shows you which other companies they're invested in and how much money that they want to spend on data centers and, and facial recognition companies and all that. And then it will have a map of China that'll show which areas of China are focusing on which technologies for AI development. It's, um, very fascinating. So I trust this website. I also know that the people who run it, probably pretty pro-China at the same time. But instead of just doing this back and forth, like nitpicking thing about we're so great and or you suck, I, this website focuses on the details and that's why I chose it. Where's the demand for the Chinese yuan? There's going to be some graphs here. If you're interested in this type of thing, and I think you should be, I think everybody should be because we're seeing more countries adopt the Chinese yuan who knows why, but they're doing it anyways. Um, and the graphs will be up at MatthewPMBigelow.com. You can do with them what you will. Uh, I've included their source material, so I hope MacroPolo.org doesn't mind too much, even though they probably will. Ever since the global financial crisis, prognostications of the demise of the U.S. dollar have come and gone. Now that the idea of a common brick currency has been floated and countries like Brazil, Saudi Arabia, and Russia are supposedly embracing the Chinese yuan to conduct trade, the drumbeat of de-dollarization has reached another crescendo. One aspect of the reason why more companies will use the Chinese yuan for international trade is the Belt and Road Initiative. Oh, it's a debt trap and it doesn't work or anything. Well, it's infrastructure that's being built from China to transport goods manufactured in China to the rest of the world and then to transport goods from the rest of the world back into China. And uh, China's yuan wants to be used as a wireless um, currency through 
Huawei technology. So everybody on these trade uh, routes will have, one of the ideas that they'll have like an Oppo phone or a Huawei phone, and they will be able to trade and sell in advance um, with somebody in, say, Kiribati, Africa, from uh, Shenzhen, whatever, China. And then the boat, you know, co- collects all the information it needs to pick up the order uh, with a billion of other orders or whatever. And then the ship, the ship goes uh, through the uh, marine uh, trade routes connected to Huawei technology, satellite technologies, um, uh, wireless technologies. And then you get to the, the, the port and you take a train, also maybe like Huawei uh, gear everywhere on this train. You finally get to this Kiribati location. You, you pull in the goods that you bought from this farmer and then you can show your phone to his phone and, and, and confirm that that's the trade that you wanted to make. No other country is, a, is, is, is envisioning such trade. So that would give people more of a reason to say, well, let's use the yuan because you're incorporating it into these next generational um, economic programs anyways. The riyadh is a Saudi Arabian thing that, you know, who's going to use a riyadh? Well, if the, if the yuan is being used internationally via the technology that China is making, um, well, then people will start using it. That's kind of the idea and that's where these people are going. Um, on the demand front, the Chinese yuan does not seem to be all that desirable, even for China's own exporters, uh, 70% of whom are private. So the idea of the Chinese yuan suddenly coming up and taking over everything is a hype. Uh, for example, exporters appear to be keeping about one third of their U.S. dollar revenue. Uh, this is a surprisingly high ratio compared to the early 2010s period and only marginally lower than the 2015-16 period of massive capital outflows and yuan depreciation. For the Chinese private sector, the preference of U.S. dollars remains strong, right? So the, my idea for this is that um, they, they're keeping their reserves uh, to strengthen their um, underlying developments for the Chinese yuan to replace eventually the United States. So you have this upper echelon, like a two-tier currency echelon of the United States currency, and then you start developing applications for your own currency and roll it out and eventually try to flip them. That's just my own idea. I could be wrong. Um, if the Chinese private sector isn't terribly interested in holding yuan, what about foreigners? Foreign holdings of yuan assets actually declined by more than 8% in 2022. One could attribute this to the zero COVID lockdowns of the last several years that have weakened the Chinese economy. But since reopening the economy at the end of 2022, total foreign holdings of Chinese equities and bonds have risen less than 2%. So we're seeing a little bit of comeback. Even those that have embraced Yuan for selling trade may be doing it out of necessity rather than having the necessary desire to do so. Um, That seems to be the case for Russia, which settled almost none of its trade in Yuan before 2022, but now has little choice under sanctions. Similarly, Riyadh may order Saudi Aramco, its state energy company, to settle oil exports in Yuan. Both, but both reflect more of a government mandate rather than a private sector enthusiasm for the Yuan. Um, I'm not going to go too much into this. Uh, let's just lead. Uh, none of this to say that the conditions won't change to make the yuan a more desirable currency to hold by private and public sectors alike. The history of currency transitions is complex and contingent, determined by both economic and geopolitical forces. Geopolitics have certainly made a resurgence lately, though the yuan's future status is far from preordained. I will follow up with a more considered and thorough meditation on the yuan's prospects and therefore the Chinese economies in the near future." But what's surprising to me is that the 
it's beginning to happen. 20 years ago, you couldn't even get yuan or people wouldn't even think about yuan in, in terms of an international currency. But now people are beginning to kind of mull it or kind of go, well, maybe we can use it for here or maybe we can use it for there. We much prefer not to, but well, we can. So why not? We've also seen massive outflows of capital from the U.S. dollar into um, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and stuff like that. It's still very much like way less than this massive uh, American umbrella because America will just print $95 trillion and say, screw you, everybody. Good luck with the inflation. But we'll see. Um, if, if China is able to um, create this international trade network and underlay it with its technology for wireless um, transfer of, of currency, uh, I, I think more people will begin to use it, although it remains to be seen if that will be the case. Um, a lot of people will still probably not want to have just a bunch of digital yuan on a smartphone as they live their life, but it may become like a trading currency um, in the next 10, 15 years. But anyways, it's beginning to um, uh, teeter in a different direction. And again, this this article, I, this macropolo.org, they have a lot of great content on the website. If you're interested in uh, like that Chinese evaluation I just read, it wasn't so crazy and it wasn't like, it wasn't so like propaganda, jingoistic, hey, Xi Jinping's going to control the world. But it also wasn't like, well, pff, their demographics mean that they're going to collapse in the next 20 years. I'm really sick of this type of um, uh, low resolution, uh, like not contrarian, low resolution absolutism that I get from a lot of the news media. I don't get a lot of that from macropolo.org. All right. Well, thank you very much, everybody. I'm going to call it for today. I am ill. My child has been screaming, and I think I should go back to my duties as a father. Remember, you found it. It's the Japan What Podcast, coming at you out of the back end of Asia. Sammoncho in Tokyo's Shinjuku's district. The armpit of Asia. MatthewPMBigelow.com. PayPal.me forward slash Japan WUT or get one of those podcasting 2.0 apps and go to the website, MatthewPMBigelow.com. Until next time. It's a good tuna, but I think I paid too much.